to the Brothers Book Club podcast. The Brothers Book Club podcast. What a title, Ryan. What a name for a pod. What a what a journey. And what a what a fitting title it is today. As joining me as not always is co-host Ryan, the the brother from the, the shared mother, which the is not from as, the same mother, yeah. Not as cool of an expression, but we're going to go with it today. Um it's a landmark day for the pod, Ryan, and I'm glad you're here to join us for it. It I is the final it. the final day of the Brothers Book Club podcast. <laughs> I think it's I think it's important that we also celebrate uh, the third brother also as well, which is uh, yeah. That was at this be, point. Yeah. At this point, she's fully she's fully in. She's oh, yeah. completely in. <laughs> Joining us as third family member and long lost brother sister. You know, pick your pick your nouns. Amanda. Amanda's here. <laughs> Co host Amanda is joining us. Yay! Welcome. <laughs> As we mentioned, or at least I mentioned, this is a landmark episode because the Brothers Book Club podcast in its current iteration anyway, its current mission, current goal, is coming to a close today. This is it, folks. We did it. I've had two beers. That's how you know that we've yeah. arrived at the conclusion of the pod. <laughs> we've, yeah. We, I mean, dude, we've, we've reached the peak. We're, yep. we're, on, we're on the mountaintop right now looking down. It's um, true. We have been on a mission, to be clear, yeah. to review all 80 installments of the penguin little black classics that is a collection of 80 pieces of world literature a variety of which have been from other places countries languages all translated and we're here today to review and celebrate the 80th one of those and fitting enough I don't know how philosophical we'll get today. We'll see how hard this second beer hits me. Uh, and I'm pretty light <laughs> these days, pretty lightweight. <laughs> so maybe hard. But fittingly enough, it is the Dahamapada that we're reviewing, which another one we can just put in the books, put in the catalog of mispronunciations. What do you guys think? Is that the correct pronunciation? The Dhammapada is how I was saying it in my head. Okay. I'm with I'm with Amanda on this one, but I Dhamma. do like I do like the pronounced H. The Dhammapada, but I, I was I was doing Dhammapada. Dhammapada seems and feels right to me. As always, the way I pronounce it does not feel right, so I'm going to back away quickly. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> I prefer the way I, you guys have said it. I only, I only go with the silent H uh, because of the Buddha. It's like, you know, it's, of not, course. it's uh, like yeah. the Buddha, Buddha. Of course. Like the Dhamma. Yeah. The Dhamma. We are here for the 80th time to talk about a classic piece of world literature. Why don't we begin with some of the Ryan? This is a new segment. This will blow your mind. You, okay. Since you've been since you've been gone, we've introduced only one new segment. The rest is pretty much as <laughs> as it was. Love it. <laughs> yeah, Love we found it. a formula and we stuck to it. Uh, the only thing we've started implementing is a basic primer up top. Uh, we call it the who, what, and why of the book. Just for listeners out there who we assume most of whom are, who are listening have never actually read the thing. So we try and give them a little bit of background before we start. Uh, I'll have Amanda begin. What is this, Amanda? What did we read? What is the Dhammapada? Uh, so the Dhammapada is a collection of like truisms and um, almost, I guess, like maxims, a collection of sayings from uh, the the Buddha to in verse form and it's meant to kind of teach life lessons Mm -hmm. yeah it's sort of i don't know if yours i know amanda read so this is behind the curtain this is the only one of the 80 that i have lost and i actually know what happened to it i won't get into the story on the pod but i actually don't have this anymore (laughs) this is the only one i know it feels weirdly poetic to (laughs) get to the end and then just not (laughs) and then just not and uh but anyway so I use the Gutenberg one. I don't know if Amanda used that one too. I think uh, I used uh, the one on BuddhaNet. Oh, okay, nice. You didn't use Project Gutenberg. Well, the one I had, a lot of them were phrases that were paired up, and they were either complementary or kind of inverse. I'm not sure if yours read that way too. Either of yours. Yep, mine did. Yeah. How about for you, Ryan? What were yours structured like? Uh, certain certain ones were paired, um, but they were basically just broken down by. Uh, I guess you can't call them chapters, but uh, topics. Um, yes. Okay. And then in like each line, um, like every maxim, it just kind of starts its own, like one through. I think there's like three hundred or no, four hundred and twenty-three. Um, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, um, but certain ones are paired. Okay. Yeah. I, the pairing really stood out to me for whatever reason. But yeah, it's a, basically a collection of themed and some paired maxims, bits of wisdom. 
the who of this is unknowable. I don't think they know who wrote this. The sayings are uh, ascribed to the the Buddha, the original sayings of the Buddha, and so we can say that that person or entity cast these out into the world, and so it's considered scripture now. But I don't think these have an official written source that the, that people have traced back. It is certainly, you know, truly a piece of world literature because from the looks of things in our research department for the final time temporarily shout outs to wikipedia make sure you donate to wikipedia that's the research department here it looks like it probably came from sanskrit i know there's translations in chinese too it's hard to say but yeah so the the who of it is i don't know maybe unknowable we'll toss up the hardest question to ryan why do you think they included this ryan what was the motivation for making this the final inclusion yeah Great question. Uh, I guess you could kind of tie it back to to the who, and if it is, you know, if if it is who <laughs> who they say it is, if this sure. is the if this is the real teachings of the Buddha. Um, I I would imagine that that takes um, takes on a different level of significance or importance, um, and just kind of you know, the, the relevance, you know, if it is, if, if this is what people are believing that the, the Buddha actually wrote, um, sort of basing like the foundations of a religion on, I would imagine it's uh, pretty important. Worth yeah, including. it's an essential, you know, one of the essential world, large world religions still practiced, still observed. It's also a kind of a nice pairing with the 79th episode or, or inclusion, because that was... Oh, gosh, you know, uh, Hindu, right, Amanda? Poetry? Right, yeah. Yeah, this is poetry from the from the Hindu tradition, and I think that was a, four different poets. So they kind of end the collection here in a, in a religious note. I suppose there's no older human experience than practicing religion, and they chose two that are a nice, co- that cover a good chunk of the world and are pretty different in the readings of them. Uh, there was, these are supposed to be kind of inverse mine really weren't they were a lot more readable and clean than that but that is what we read and for the 80th time that is what we are about to review for you let's begin then in the traditional in the in the long traditional way of the pod with a one sentence simile review i'll put it on you again ryan what was uh, reading the dhammapada like for you I thought it was uh, quite enjoyable, actually, because I thought that reading this book was very similar to reading a horoscope, uh, because it's so easy to apply to your own life and your own experiences and sort of frame the maxims in the context of your own, of your own life. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, kind of take, take stock and take measure that way. but then kind of at the end, you know, it's like you just kind of go about uh, living your life or doing your own thing. However, you really, you know, some people t- put a lot of stock in that. Others, you know, you can read a horoscope and just kind of be like, you toss it aside and be like, okay, cool. Um, but it kind of re- it reminded me of um, like that type of uh, feeling reading through it. Yeah, that's a great comparison, too. It's also you did unknowingly the next segment in one because that's a huge connection. People love horoscopes these days. It's like a whole industry. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. Uh, yeah. It's kind of like the astrology, you know, choose your sign or whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. Um, but, um, yeah, you know, that's a veteran move of the podcast, uh, segueing in like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe too soon because we didn't get ours in, but that was a perfect one. (laughs) You should ditch mine. I should have gone third. I should have gone third. That's okay. It was perfect, man. You've, you haven't lost a beat. No rust. No rust. Yeah. No, it's, uh, it's like riding a bike, you know? That's right. That's what they say about the old pod. Yeah. (laughs) I have a slight connection to that. I saw. And I'll admit that my I'll let Amanda tag in actually in a second with the horoscope stuff. I know you have stronger opinions on this than I do because I'm kind of a <laughs> skeptic uh, neutral. But I saw on Instagram today, and I won't call out this person who I know, but they had a, a story or a post about theirs. These are getting complicated. There were like five components. It was like something about a moon and then a sun and then different alignments and different – and, and each one had an own its own description. So it was kind of like – I was this in this, and here's the description. Oh, yeah, I'm a 
something in the moon and retrograde. I was born at this under this condition. It it's just like man, this they're really adding a lot of rules to this. I feel like I'm watching them become uh, dense in real time. Can you help us, Amanda, with this? Sure. Um, actually, the the opposite is true. Like a, a true astrology is based on more than just the month uh, of the year that you were born in. The it is about uh, charting your actual your birth star system, your birth chart. Okay. Um, so it is about different planet alignments, um, and so the specific time and location of where you were born is also really important. Got it. Um, Sweet. So, cause all of that will have a different effect on you as a person. Right. That was the, the, the post I saw sounded more like that then it just had, yeah. it, it just was more than I'm a Taurus. Tell me what I should think today. This was like, yeah, it was just multifaceted in a way I didn't know. And yeah. I'll easily throw out my simile then talk about a segue this conversation is making me feel like reading this made me feel, which is like I got a big shot of Novocaine right to my mind. <laughs> I start to get numb and I start to, but in a pleasing way, it's sort of like it doesn't bother me. So why should I be bothered by this? Some of it feels absurd to me. And I think mm-hmm. this had the the classic religious text boredom of, yes, you're repeating yourself now for the hundredth time. I don't think I needed to hear this again, but these were at least maybe light enough or sort of, I don't know, fun enough to make it almost pleasurable, but it felt numbing to me. I feel like that's often when I read horoscopes or those sort of things, astrological things, some of them feel so vague. And I mean, that's the criticism against them, right? It's like, well, they're so vague that of course it's true. It could be true at any time for any person who, whatever, um, you can always fit them into your life. That's the the easy criticism. But, and so, yeah, that, it just made me feel that way too. Kind of a numbing experience. I mean, I have to imagine yours was a little different. Uh, yeah. So mine was that, uh, reading this is like um, having a parent actually take the time to explain to the toddler why, instead of just saying, Oh, because I said so, or just because. Um, So when, when I was reading this, I was struck by how to me, it felt like a different, even though it's a a philosophical and religious text, um, there's actual like kind of explanation for, the reasons why we should be mindful and why we should be more disciplined and why we should do this. Right. Right. He doesn't straight out say it, but the uh, similes and things like that, that, that are used. Yeah. um, A lot of similes. Yeah. Lots of similes um, that are being used kind of all, they give us the logic, the reasoning behind it, which is like, Hey, you're not the only person in the world. Um, and when you do bad things, you keep doing bad things. It's a learned behavior and stuff like that. And I just thought that it was, yeah. So I just thought I liked that it was a, a logical explanation for yeah. a belief system that we don't always see in other religious texts. And a reading experience that you two as parents have a probably a deep connection to. I'm sure those why yeah. explanations are going great, Amanda. Sleep, sleep schedule <laughs> yeah. back on track, huh? That's a, That's an easy one to settle, huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she does ask me why for everything. Yeah. Why do I have to go to bed? I don't, why? I yeah. don't see the reason. I, you know, I'm good. I've got my Pepe Pig, or I don't, I don't know what. What's uh, Viola into these days? Any updates? Oh, she, what is she not into? Okay. Um, but the other day we were at um, a grocery store, and somehow we ended up talking about biology. And of she course. asked me like, why? Why are we human? And I was like. Because our DNA is human, and she was like, "Why is DNA?" And I was like, "I don't even know at this point how yeah. to answer you." One of, one of the grand problems yeah. that remains why? unsolved. Yeah, love that. Why is DNA? And Ryan is Una demanding. <laughs> does she demand why explanations yet? She's not at that. Um, right. She's not at that stage. Uh, she's she's blurting. She's blurting random sounds. Uh, she's mm-hmm. very much in the, the babbling. Yeah. Uh, stage. Um, but you can tell uh, the wheels are starting to turn. There's like, uh, yeah, there's exclamations. Um, she's not at like the questioning phase, but I'm imagining that will come soon. Yeah. Yeah. There, there are there are deep thoughts behind those sounds. That, I'm much, sure. that much is confirmed. We know I'm, this. <laughs> yeah. N- neurons are firing in there for sure. That's right. That's right. You oh, can yeah. see it in the eyes. You can hear it in the, the blabbles, the blurbles or what have you. Yeah. Yeah, because exactly. Because she is human. That's right. <laughs> yeah, 
Exactly. Ryan gave a great connection that I think is pretty relevant, though I know it's not yours, Ryan. I'll just quickly mention mine for for the connection to this text. We do like to make these classics relevant to a listener in 2020, or this one will be in 2021. I think as we head into or now out of, I guess, the holiday season, this book has a lot to say about consumerism, which is basically don't bother and don't do it. (laughs) So I think the the whole value of this text would be to put an emphasis on your connections to people, though. I don't know. I also kind of balked at some of the claims in here about that. I guess we can get into that in the text part, but I think the easy connection I would see would be that, which is, you know, be wary of your own consumerism. So how about for you, Amanda? Uh, For me, I took it broader to um, just religion in general and just kind of questioning the reasoning behind certain uh, teachings and and trying to figure out the oh well I, I know the benefit of this but like why is this and stuff like that so if you're interested it's a, in a good ethical framework of sorts mm-hmm. I don't think I do wonder how much of the specificity of it would hold up but yeah it is it does provide I mean a pretty unambiguous moral framework of, of a yeah. sort so and Ryan do you want to come through with the only connection that really matters here the only, <laughs> yeah, uh, I, my note is uh, far less philosophical, uh, but, you know, like really reading through and I think the repetition kind of drove it home um, that it's like, you know, if you really want to achieve real nirvana or real happiness and um, purpose, it's like you, you have to own nothing you you have nothing you have nothing to be upset about or to worry about and i just kept uh just replaying the uh mo money mo problem the notorious big and puff daddy 1997 that's right tying it back to uh hip-hop of course uh but i yeah that's kind of like that was kind of what kept me um like what i kept going back to uh reading reading through this is like you know, you don't really own anything. Nothing's really yours. Um, and as soon as you can really wrap your mind around that, like the sooner you can achieve, you know, happiness and peace. Yeah. Other types of satisfaction. And as they yeah. proved in the music video, once you own one puffy code, you have to own them all and there's no end to it. You buy exactly. one big jacket, you got to own a thousand big jackets and they're always going to keep making new big jackets. There's yeah. you can't. There's no end to this. So. Yeah, Puff Daddy is leading a life of sin. Uh, yeah, yeah. He's, 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 he's heading just straight towards a, a complicated and uh, crazy death. It's I'm like telling a, you, when you have to yeah. dedicate multiple closets and convert rooms in your home to hold more jackets, that's a problem. That means you have a problem. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of, yeah, a lot of problems. We've talked around the text enough. I say we jump to the quotes for clarification. This is the part of the pod that we like to get specific with, where we give some stylistic snippets and little excerpts from the text to give you a sense of what reading it was like. I will start here. I won't put the pressure on y'all. I have a couple quotes. I kind of split mine. I had one that I enjoyed, one that I maybe didn't enjoy so much. I'll go with the one I enjoyed first, and it it does have to do with the similes Amanda and I alluded to. I pulled one of the maxims. I I didn't pull the lines, uh, just FYI, but for the listeners, I hope you're not offended by that. Again, I didn't have page numbers, so what are you going to do? Anyway, the quote is, men who have not observed proper discipline and have not gained treasure in their youth lie like broken bows sighing after the past, which is a I thought a very vivid image, maybe more so than any other reason because of the verb, like having a bow sighing. It sort of there's something about a bowstring, you know, unattached and just kind of flapping and just sort of loose and untethered and just like that paired with sighing, I found it to be just kind of a sorrowful line and sort of very human, but it it also made for a nice little bit of visual too. I just thought that was such a that's the I would say the best version of what this text had to offer these sort of provocative evocative little snippets but then uh, there's not a lot of expansion you know it's not like that thought continues that's that's basically the thought and so it kind of just cuts off there which is great because it's a great image and it evokes a lot of emotion right you feel that longing and that regret and it teaches the lesson and then it moves on it's not something that just belabors the point like some of the other texts that we've read oh for sure 
Yeah, and some of the the religious inspired and kind of religious background text we've read can be can be appreciated. We've talked about that a lot in this uh, review series too. Ryan, any quotes that stood out for you? Yeah, I think um, you know going back to you know Amanda being a parent. I think some of the text that sort of mentions like um, being a mother or a father or kind of even being and I I should have pulled this quote but I didn't I think it was like he even said like being like tethered down by like yeah. having sons or um, like starting a family I pulled one um, that uh, I think it was in um, the fool uh, he said these are my sons this is my wealth in this way the fool troubles himself he's not even the owner of himself how much less of his sons and of his wealth um, like really kind of stripping it down um, and it's in that section in particular um, it's like what a you know like what a only a fool would you know really imagine you know taking ownership of another person or of any material thing even wealth that you've accumulated or um, like material goods um, and I thought that you know that kind of struck me um, so yeah, that was that was one of the quotes that I pulled. It's the it's a sort of aggressive philosophy that begs a lot of questions when you're reading it. I think at least it did to me. I don't know if it felt insulting to read that, <laughs> knowing that you start both started families and everything. But some of the some of the demands, I just, it's like would the human race continue? I think if if this text were followed to the word, there we would just fade away. I guess maybe maybe that is a Nirvana type goal is that. You yeah, can just leave this this plane <laughs> of existence. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's just like you can't. Could you have a functioning society if everyone were operating in this way? I mean, it, what would happen? I, no it just—it's such a strangely prescriptive text. And I suppose I I better now understand the the sort of Buddhist Buddhist monastery lifestyle. But yeah, it also feels insulting to us lowly people. I guess it feels aspirational, but not possible or something. It does seem a bit out of reach, some of the things that are uh, asked of us as far as like, uh, you know, have no attachments, have no passions. Um, so you should be alone, um, which, you know, uh, some people are and, and they're really happy. Um, what a but year. also like what a year. don't care about like uh, necessarily uh, searching for like certain wisdoms, the the wisdoms that you should be searching for for are wisdoms to further detach yourself from materialism. So it's like my attachment to books and stuff like that would be not great, <laughs> according to some of his sure, teachings yeah, and stuff yeah. too. So I think it'd be society would not exist. And and yeah, the goal is that you just kind of like fade away because. Uh, reincarnation and life right is it means it's a failure to reach nirvana which means uh, that life is suffering so yeah you just you don't want to come back to this world so it should be an empty world right yeah the the other quote i pulled expands on that it was one that i didn't it just has parts where it talks about there's a bit of a jesus echo where it says like not to blame not to strike to live restrained under the law to be moderate and things it's it's very jesus-esque uh and i'm not going to bother to get into the debate of you know the the sort of history of that or which which religion crosses over to which or whatever but it's it's a very similar mind then it says, there is no satisfying lust, even by a shower of gold pieces. He who knows that lust have a short taste and cause pain, he is wise. And it's it's just interesting because it's such a it's such a safe lesson to to learn, to practice, to be try and be moderate in, in your endeavors and in your doings. But I, the things they would group into lust, I think, just go beyond. <laughs> it, it's things yeah. like don't eat any food that you enjoy or like, don't, you know, don't have any romance ever of any kind, not even, you know, don't dip into that at all. Like it's, you know, abstain. And so I don't know. It just felt again, I maybe unattainable. Maybe it's my own personal failures coming to the fore or something, but it did feel harsh in a way that was like non-human or something. Yeah. I think that was um, like one of my, it's not even like a qualm, but um like the like ridding yourself of any type of pleasure um whether that be even like a 
you know like a food uh or like a like a book or there's yeah. there's some about um you know like putting energy and um like investing time into relationships with other people who like are also trying to be like as pure as possible but some of the some of the things in there about um you know like a man who eats until he's full or like you, you can see the like you can't see the veins in their arms or something like that it's like a so it's hard to kind of read that and be like oh yeah no i totally i totally agree i didn't know i was supposed to be able to see my veins good grief according to I've been stuffing up all these years <laughs> yeah according to the dhammapada uh like the, the raggedy clothes the uh like kind of skin and bones type of uh type of vibe yeah that's yeah that's it. I can see here why, theologically speaking, it would be so fascinating to just get get a good Jesus and Buddha study going because it it was very Jesus esque. Of course, Christianity. Kudos to you guys. You built in a good failsafe for humanity, which is all of your sins will be forgiven because of Jesus. A much cleaner option than this. This is a much <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like puts the talk about personal responsibility. Like, why aren't more Americans the rugged individualists that we suppose ourselves to be? Why aren't more Americans mm-hmm. Buddhists, man? Put it all on yourself. Like, you're fucking up. You're stuck. <laughs> you have to get out of this. <laughs> I think people like that quick out, you know. Like yeah, the, uh, I think like that's the, the like that's the, the real deathbed, secret. you know. Like mm-hmm. Jesus, I've never asked you for anything in my life, but I'm so sorry, and I atone for all my sins. But it's I'm like, ready for you to forgive everything I've done. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. No, yeah, no. Uh, the Buddha, the Buddha laughs in the face of a uh, of the fool uh, yeah. who would try to do something like that. Yeah, it is rugged. Any yeah. other quotes for you, Amanda? Thoughts? Sure. Um, so what I found interesting too was a, a lot of the lessons um in in these maxims seem to teach the same things as christianity islam judaism so a, a lot of the ideas of like what it means to be a good person are the same right um except like like you were saying um the dhammapada also kind of emphasizes like yeah don't just be a good person but you also need to be a person who has zero feelings of like anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it seemed a bit extreme. Um, but um, what I wanted to point out was like, so we have some of these lessons and, and we didn't read obviously uh, the Bible itself, but we did read other moral things like um, Aesop's fables, right? Yeah. So I pulled a quote, um, which also kind of highlights the, the simile. Um, And it just says, just as rain breaks through an ill-thatched house, so passion penetrates an undeveloped mind. So we get a very clear image. It's almost like a story, right? And we have a lesson that comes out of it, and then he moves on. The the next maxim is something else. So I think that that's what um, Aesop and some of the other writers kind of really struggled with was, uh, specifically w- when we were reading Aesop, it was like there was the story and then the moral was stated. Half the time, the moral didn't actually match <laughs> the story. Well, that was a baffling edition of this pod. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that was very strange. <laughs> um, but stylistically, it's nice because you get, it's like sweet, short, and just move on. And, and you can sit, it's almost like um, Lips Too Chilled where you can, it's short and you can really appreciate some of the stylistic yeah. points. Um but it also teaches a lesson without being preachy. What would a developed mind do other than pursue passion? I really, yeah, I'm just picturing a person of true emptiness. I guess that's kind of what meditation is about too, though, huh? It's just Mm -hmm. sort of like, it's just so antithetical to what we would call a developed mind. You know, if you told someone, oh, you got to meet my friend, they've got an interesting mind, or I don't think we'd say developed mind, or like they're really interesting or they're thoughtful or smart or whatever. This is like the antithesis of that. Like you wouldn't put them in a room with somebody who just sits there and (laughs) says nothing and does nothing. And so, yeah, it's so strange. Ryan, your thoughts on that quote? I, yeah, I, I think it's, um, I think it's a good one to pull. It's just like, it's, it's kind of like stripping, it's like, stripping everything down so like you said Trev there's you know there's nothing there's nothing there there's nothing to discuss but then you know that's that's kind of like what he keeps coming back to is like that's how you 
It's like that's where the good stuff is. Like that's where that's how you get. That's how you reach nirvana, and that's like the whole process. That's where you're going, and like you won't be truly happy until you do strip all that stuff down. Um, yeah, and there is like there's nothing there. Yeah, I don't know if I'm ready to enter that void. Yeah, and void it would be. Yeah, it really would be. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Any final quotes, Amanda, from you that you want to throw out there or talk about? Uh, sure, I can throw out one more just to because um, I know that yours has pairings, and Ryan, you said that a co- um, some of yours had pairings too. Yeah. Um, so when I was first reading through my copy, I was like, man, that's a lot of pairings, and I just kind of like read the first couple, and then I was like, okay, so I just kind of skipped over. But this particular pairing. Um, made me stop and be like, oh, it's actually not direct contrast. It's not like just being repetitive. The the pairings are opposites, but like not true opposites. So that it mm-hmm. does teach or, or highlight a different aspect, which I thought was really nice. So um, the first verse says, think not lightly of evil saying it will not come to me. Drop by drop is the water pot filled. Likewise, the fool gathering it little by little fills himself with evil. And then the other parent, the pairing that goes with it says, think not lightly of good saying it will not come to me. Drop by drop is the water pot filled. Likewise, the wise man gathering it little by little fills himself with good. So we have several like issues here with like the idea of humility, um, the idea of uh, greed and um, self-confidence and stuff like that. Uh, but it, what I really liked was that even though they are opposites, they're not true opposites, and they do teach a little different uh, lesson there. Yeah, if anything, it's the, the same thing. Any little yeah. thing you do, it will accumulate, you know? Mm-hmm. I feel like entire publishing careers have been made on people writing advice books that say that <laughs> in the 21st yeah. century. <laughs> we've, pay, we've paid behavioral psychologists much money and attention to basically it, tell us this. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, it's probably even like a guarantee that you could even – just like search one and it's probably called like the little things you know yeah it's like that's drop uh, by drop you mean you drop, by, that? <laughs> drop <laughs> by drop you could make you could make a killing trap uh doing like seminars mm-hmm. in hotels for the rest of your life yeah uh, if you write that yeah. book drop by drop how i launched the literary titan podcast of the century <laughs> yes drop by drop drop by drop <laughs> Book review by book review, and somehow I just didn't stop doing it. I don't know. I was yeah from the grave. Yeah. Let's jump to the uh, <laughs> let's jump to the literary corner, and we'll try and teach the listeners some literary technique, aspect, or rhetorical device. I pulled the one for this week. It looks like I have no challengers to the throne for the final episode, huh? No one the throne is yours. Uh, okay, fair enough. I, and this is a tangential one at best, but I know it only came up one other time, and it is manifesto. A manifesto is defined by the Penguin Dictionary. A literary dictionary is a public declaration usually of political religious philosophical or literary principles and beliefs and then from the oxford or it is a public self-justification or declaration of intentions usually issued by a political party or some kind of authority i don't know if i have extra thoughts on this other than this feels to me the closest thing to a religious manifesto that you could have it it covers a lot of ground it gives you really strong principles to start on there's not i wouldn't say there's a ton of ambiguity to it i'm not sure if you felt this way and i don't know does i I can only speak from like the christian tradition right which we were raised in is there even an analogy to this in christianity the bible is long man and like riddled with (laughs) metaphor and stories and narrative and like i think there are moments in the bible that are quite lucid but I don't think I can't think of an equivalent to this. Maybe like Augustine's something, something or whatever. But yeah, it, that's that's tough because definitely I think with uh, the Bible in particular, because also I grew up um, with Christian parents. It's it's meant to be a story, right? But it, the way that it's written is kind of like uh, <laughs> a lot of it is listing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and. Um, and stylistically perhaps yes there are some metaphors and stuff like that and and it's meant to be um a bunch of like allegory and stuff uh but yeah i think that it it's not as clearly stated as um the the dhammapada yeah 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 and i i i would agree with you trav i feel like uh at least for me personally it's like when you see your 
read the word manifesto for some reason it takes on kind of like a overly aggressive like kind of it has to be this way um type of tone but i guess that's what this does um but in like a very buddhist uh manner of course and it's like there really is no other option if if you if you're really you know seeking out true inner peace and nirvana like this is this is the way that you have to do it like there's no other there is no uh like room for interpretation or um kind of like a middle ground Mm -hmm. Um, so i would i would agree i think that's really sort of apt it's a text of answers you cut this in half you get an editor on this this is the pamphlet you know that you could turn this into a two-pager you know and just start passing i mean you get a couple of the simple ones in there leave the more dense similes for the for the people who show up to the actual meeting i mean it just felt very manifesto like to me i'm sure it was not quite intended as that but this feels very prescriptive in that way yeah yeah i could i could totally see it um and I mean, that's, you know, I mean, credit to the Dhammapada. There's, there's, there's plenty of monks, maybe not as many as there were, you know, a couple hundred thousands years ago, but, yeah. uh, you know, a lot of people have taken to it. Yeah, I think Buddhism is still, oh gosh, I'm not even going to bother to Google statistics on this. I know it's major, <laughs> you know, I know it's like a, one of the major world religions, right? Yeah. But I, don't, I don't know the numbers on it, but I think it is... At least this text puts into sharp relief why you see that one monk who like burned himself to death to protest a war some years ago. The, like you have to, the discipline required is in this text. I just <laughs> I don't know if most yeah. humans can do, you know that's like the guy who did it. <laughs> I don't know if there's another person who has attained such clarity or you know the lifestyle required. So. I think it's like I think if they did um, like it, in modern times, like we would never. You and I would never know them. There would be it's impossible. It would be impossible. Uh, yeah. Well, not impossible, but so unlikely that, um, like any of us would ever, like, come across said person because they would just be like so checked out. Yeah. Well, and I think too, unfortunately, as most things, these cross cultural things go. Sometimes, unfortunately, sometimes not, or whatever. I think Buddhism in the in the West, in the states too, where we live. It, it's weirdly fashionable, uh, but it, it is, it's almost like an aesthetic to put on your life, you know? It, people like the statues, people like to say things like Nirvana, that's, you know, a 90s grunge band or whatever, but it's, it is kind of a, it feels fashionable almost to reference it or to sort of, I don't know, attempt some of these stronger principled things, but, yeah. you know, like Jesus... A lot of people aren't paying that close of attention, apparently. <laughs> right. It's just, yeah. it's a very frustrating conundrum to observe from afar, where you're like, how close are you reading this? <laughs> are, you re- yeah. are you reading into this closely, or yeah. are you kind of ignoring <laughs> the, the main takeaways, or what? What are we doing? Yeah. Like how, how about this are you? Because uh, I think it's one of those where a lot of people, it's like, um, you know, flirting with, like, certain concepts or aspects of Buddhism, but... Um, you know, really being a devout Buddhist. I mean, I certainly don't know any, although I consider it, like you said, like to be a pretty widely accepted popular uh, religion. It's like, um, yeah. like I've, I've never known a, a devout Buddhist. I wish I did. Um, but yeah, it's um, few and I, far I between. I think I, that's yeah. my takeaway. I don't wish I did. I wish there were more. But I did, like, what what good would it be for me to know one? Like, what could they? They couldn't help me. They couldn't comfort me. I like. I don't know. It, it, I had a very strange reaction to this text. It felt um, felt rigid to me and cold, rather cold. Mm. Not you know. And I think there's a lot of moderation is is a universal human thing that should be. Yeah, applied in more cases, I, I suppose. But yeah, no, it's it, it is. Yeah, you're right though. It's fascinating. I don't mean that in the. Yeah, I didn't mean that to sound interpersonally harsh or something. But it. Yeah, I just can't imagine meeting someone who truly believes that this is their. They've attained this kind of yeah. intense read. Any thoughts yeah. on this, Amanda? Any do you do you have any uh, close Buddhists that you'd like to send to repudiate me? <laughs> um, one of my aunts in Korea is um is Buddhist, but. Uh, she's, <laughs> she's not, uh, 
she's not really great at, I guess, following the teachings. Yeah, tell her to get in line, man. <laughs> tell her to come to the stage. She can be a Christian, whatever. <laughs> but I do have a friend who um, actually used to work with um, with me at the, the tutoring center, Travis, that mm-hmm. uh, you and I worked at. Yeah. But uh, I think this was before your time. But he um, he actually like lived in a monastery for a while, and he was probably the closest to what is expected of a Buddhist that I've ever met sure. out of like anyone. And he's um, very mindful. Also, like he was always very even keel. Like I had a student yeah, yeah. Um, compare and say that. Um, our friend and coworker Eric, she said that Eric is like hard tofu. He's very rigid and you can't really like get him to, to flex much. I'm like, and she said that I was medium tofu because I'm pretty flexible, but there are some things that I wasn't willing to move on. But mm-hmm. Steven, um, he was like soft tofu. He was so easy to mold and nothing you did to him ever really like changed like the consistency, even though it looked like it was changing. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. Well, I won't. I won't ask you interpersonal questions about your relationship with him. But it, it, yeah, maybe there is a way to operate in the modern world and still follow this in a, in a close manner. But it seems very, yeah, very challenging to me. But things to contemplate and worth contemplating to be sure. Let's move to the second to last segment. Let's actually review this text, shall we? We'll start yeah. with the Russell French <laughs> in memoriam. So, what's good about it? Segment. This is when we give genuine praise to a work that we have read. I, again, don't mind starting. I don't know if you guys read this tonally this way. Maybe it was the translation I had, whatever. Uh, Some of the advice almost felt uh, dismissive, kind of frustrated, which I found, again, because some of the advice is pretty, pretty strict and pretty unattainable in my mind, I just thought it was almost kind of funny or fun. I don't think it's meant to be taken that way. It could be end of the year 2020. I'm just losing my mind. But reading some of it kind of felt like a really annoyed teacher kind of tone to it. It was just kind of like, don't you fucking get it, guys? Like, are you listening? Like, come on. (laughs) Don't you understand? And I just found that sort of um, it was an easy tone to ride along with, I guess is what I would say. It made it made it pretty smooth going. Yeah, I think that some of the um, uh, the similes and stuff kind of like showed, I think, a level of maybe maybe not so strong as frustration but just uh sternness perhaps yeah 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 and i think um at least i think basically or some some of the repetition in there was kind of um i get i get like that frustration or kind of impatience but having to repeat something you know three or four times or you know pairing it with like and this is why i believe this and this is why i believe this and this is why i believe this so you're kind of like I, I can see that. It's like, okay, yeah, we get it. Like, I, I get what you're trying to say. Um, but I think that kind of tone, that's like an interesting uh, way of reading through it. Trav, I think that's, uh, that's yeah, pretty I'm, good. I am wondering if I brought that to the text, but I feel like if I had a moment to dig deeper here, which I won't, but I feel like some of the similes just had me going at times. Not, I don't think it was laugh out loud. I was just kind of reading it as like, man, this person is, they're really trying to give you the the riot act because it's pretty clear that <laughs> you know they need to make it very clear to you what you're doing wrong at you know which i sort of enjoyed the tone of ryan how about for you what did you enjoy i i enjoyed um like really at its core like some of the like the simple um like analogies or like really breaking down like what we might consider like the complexities of life um i thought the Dhammapada was able to sort of car- not compartmentalize, but just kind of like make things very clear um, in terms of what your priorities are and how you, you know, find true happiness. I think, and, and kind of in your, um, your thought too, like maybe not so like funny or humorous or, you know, uh, like that tone, but I found it, um, like, I think you even said cold earlier. I kind of had the opposite reaction. It was kind of just like a warm, kind of like simplicity, uh, sort of like yeah. wash over me. Yeah. Um, and I thought that like kind Novocaine? of... Uh, yeah, exactly. Kind of a numbing... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> kind of a numbing sensation. Uh, I thought that was... Um, 
I thought that was enjoyable. I also thought it was a very apt and very um, perfect way to wrap up uh, this this podcast series. It's very, um, yeah, I don't know, yeah. very yeah, kind of warm and self self reflective and introspective and um, yeah. I don't know. I thought I thought that was you know the the enjoyable thing for me. It was a nice final touch, which I'll get into when we rate this and and with that those were ryan's final words before he abandoned his family never to be heard from again <laughs> <laughs> he went he's, to lead a simpler life <laughs> yeah he's, he set out uh this podcast is the last known recording uh, yep. that we have and if you've seen him or heard from him please get in contact with us yeah there are, he's behind on some payments and you <laughs> need to get in touch as soon as he, possible <laughs> he has a, he has a child he has a child who yeah. needs him yeah uh, and Amanda, how about for you? What did you enjoy here? Um, I said that I enjoyed how uh, brief these pieces were um, so that they weren't quite so preachy. And, and despite the brevity and despite the fact that it is meant to preach, um, I did enjoy that there was uh, some enjoyable style there, some similes, some metaphors, and, and some great imagery, too. I was really impressed that despite it being so short, it it was actually kind of pleasant to read. No higher praise. We know this, Amanda, from you with a religious or heavy moral text than that it's brief. They're truly, mm. that is the pinnacle <laughs> yeah. of praise. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's not drag this on. Who was it? Tolstoy. We had to just absolutely put into the grave again. We had to <laughs> dig him up and put him in the grave again. <laughs> What a miserable thing we read that Tolstoy was. Just <laughs> fuck it. So Let's do, I'll ding him up again. I don't care. <laughs> this is the end of the series anyway. This is the end of the line. I can tell, I it's, I can tell it's been read, weighing on you, Trav. Yeah, dragon. I, I refuse to read any more Tolstoy in my life. That I refuse. <laughs> we're gonna, we're gonna give you the floor. Bad. Yeah, we're gonna give you the floor for thirty seconds. Uh, yep. Get it all out of your system. <laughs> Join now. us for our next podcast series. Fuck this. The Tolstoy. <laughs> well, we're still workshopping the title but i think that's pretty close to what it would be yeah, yeah pretty good yeah. Pretty that's good. true high praise though amanda at the end here i, I respect yeah. it we will now rate the book finally number 80 here we are the dhammapada we like to rate on a three uh, we used to say point system but it's a three-tiered system it is going to be a yes you must read this no do not read this and a maybe you should read this and it, I, I will happily conclude here. I'll start. I, this is the perfect way to end it, right? Because it's a maybe. That's what the series has been, really. I mean, we came out of the, these 80, I think, with maybe 15 or so strong yeses, probably just as many no's, and just a lot of maybes. That was by design. I think we really bell curve this, or, you know, pick another curve. I don't know statistics that well. But we, we ended up with a distribution that I find very pleasing. It was kind of by design. I think this is a great emblematic book of what the series was. It was just enjoyable in moments. It drags on at times, sure. But I think it made for pretty frictionless reading, and you'll come away with some new insights, some new ideas. Like, could there be, again, a pamphlet version of this that I would maybe rather recommend? Yeah, maybe, but the wisdom here feels a bit timeless. So in that sense, I mean, way to go, world religions, you really crack the code at times. And I think, yeah, this will probably never go out of style completely. So yeah, it's a maybe. If you're interested in some, you know, wisdom and advice from a maybe a religion you don't know much about, why not? This is pretty readable. But, you know, do you need to be preached at for 50 pages yeah leave it up to the reader so strong maybe for me ryan how about for you i'm i'm going out yeah the same way we came in damn uh, right it's a, <laughs> and I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna throw it back to the to the uh, point system uh, oh sure it's, it's a maybe but it's also a two it's a two it's a solid two i feel like most of the most of the classics that uh I was fortunate enough to review with you guys were mostly twos. I yeah, yes. I agree. There was you know some some ones thrown in there, some threes, some definite recommendations. Not not as many um, as as a maybe, but uh, this yeah, this kind of strikes a chord right down the middle. Yeah, um, I thought there were definitely some things that I enjoyed and you know sections that I highlighted, and that one day I might end up returning to and referencing maybe even talking about 
um, outside of this podcast, but is it is it something that I'm going to, um, you know, like take and put in front of someone tomorrow? No, definitely not. Um, yeah. And I agree. Like, I think the, like the real manifesto version, the two-page pamphlet, um, sort of a greatest hits, I think that would be um, really enjoyable to read, you know, really concise, you know, playing the hits. I think that's, that's something that a lot of people could, um, you know, be turned on to. But, uh, yeah, no, felt good, felt familiar, um, giving this a solid maybe. Yeah. And how about for you, Amanda? Um, I'm just going to copy you guys and say, yeah, it was a maybe for me as well. Um, oh, yeah. Even though the pieces, uh, the maxims themselves were really brief and well done, it the the entire collection because uh, since we didn't have a copy of the um, the edited version um, we had the entire Dhammapada um, Travis and I did then it was it was a bit much as far as yes there are brief pieces but the entire collection uh, could have definitely been reduced um, halved even um, in that even though the pairings I thought were could often be uh, uniquely translated or uniquely um, uh, analyzed. Um, right, the yeah. the message in other maxims, you kind of were like, oh, well, that was from, that was the same as like maxim 62 or, oh, this makes me think of the lesson from 21 or whatever. So um, I think that um, having a greatest hits, as Ryan put it, <laughs> would be really great and that's something that maybe if somebody were interested in learning more about buddhism or learning more about world religions or maybe even just like saying hey i want to know like what other people like i don't want to convert right i'm a christian and i don't want to convert but i want to see what other people believe i think that something like that would be interesting um and really nice way to kind of reflect on your belief systems and what you think is is um, ethical and moral. Yeah, certainly. I think, yeah, yeah, we mentioned this earlier, but it has an ethical, moral kind of framework or foundation that is worth inquiring into. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Worth recommending for that alone. And with that, we can burn it all down, folks. This is it. We're going to, we're going to now let go of our earthly connections. We're going to release ourselves from this burden uh, yeah, good one. Good <laughs> from one. the True. chains of the pod. And we are going to transcend mm-hmm. into podcast Nirvana by never doing this again. <laughs> though i'm mostly kidding we're not ready to fully announce the kind of relaunch rework we have sort of begun to plan and have planned out but the the podcast will not end at least not for amanda myself or you know hopefully for ryan there's some things in the works the brothers the brothers book club podcast in its current iteration will end though the pods will stay up we'll host them they'll keep we'll keep them in a feed though there might be some renaming stuff going on which we'll announce on instagram and you know facebook stuff we've been posting to and yeah i i don't know if i have any clear buddha style words of wisdom here at the end folks it's been a hell of a journey really enjoyed the ride it's been strange to have such obvious gaps in my reading knowledge history of classics kind of plugged in and just fuck Tolstoy forever. I don't know if you guys have any other <laughs> final. <laughs> I I, w- I would definitely like to uh, chime in and raise my raise a raise a moon man to you, Travis, uh, and to you, Amanda, for really for really carrying this thing through. And uh, I was thinking today about the Christmas morning, uh, the last Christmas morning. Trap yeah. that we spent together and yeah. opening up the opening up the volume and sort of hearing you uh, kind of brief me on what what you wanted to do and the fact that you carried that to fruition and found you know creative ways to talk about these classics and like even even the stuff that you were drawing in the beginning to accompany the volumes i mean it's just been so um so great to watch and to be a part of and um to kind of create this archive that one day that we can show you know show kids and parts of our family and sort of have this as a 
like a time capsule um, for this last year, which has been mostly a total crapshoot. Um, yeah. It's a real gift. Um, yeah. So, you know, cheers to you and cheers to the cheers to the podcast man it's been it's yeah. been amazing to be a part of and yeah i couldn't be happier thanks one hell of a project it's been hell of a project yeah it's been an absolute pleasure the entire way through and yeah man i don't know if you have any final thoughts other than we can't express enough gratitude because you yeah being the third brother now the third sister you're like the atlas you, you had to pick up the globe when we dropped it pick up yeah pick up a lot of dead weight uh from my end uh it wasn't probably wasn't easy but you did it with uh style and grace if i've learned nothing else from the endeavor it's that child rearing seems you know pretty tough you guys have really put me on the put me on the inside track <laughs> <laughs> If it, yeah, child rearing, uh, it really creates a vacuum, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, really makes you appreciate the uh, the spare time. Also, uh, sleep training a child, uh, it's a, yeah. it's a very it's a precious precious thing. Um, and now that we've came out on the other side, uh, my wife and I have come out on the other side. Uh, yeah, it's it really yeah like like finishing eighty episodes of a podcast. It really kind of makes you sit back and appreciate how far you've come yeah uh yeah any any final thoughts on the collection amanda and then i'll give some announcements sure um i had i'm just so grateful that you let me join you guys and and i've i've really enjoyed um taking back my nights and not just kind of like floundering (laughs) yeah after viola goes to bed and just kind of um being able to join a book club again which i've really missed since um travis you and i didn't have our in-person ones anymore it's just so nice to be able to uh, talk about something that i i really love and to talk about it with someone who has a different perspective but has like a lot of the same appreciations that i do so i really i've really enjoyed everything um even the really terrible readings that we've had to go through yeah, yeah. i feel like it helped me grow as a person and as a reader so yeah. i really appreciate it I, yeah i think we we have well the three of us too but yeah amanda you and i have done book clubs in, in real life before when that was allowable and yeah it's been just really beautiful to recapture it. It's something that I was missing and have, you know, just kept going on this, <laughs> kept the kept the endeavor alive. And yeah, it's just been a thrill all around. I will say as a couple of closing announcements, um, the jokes or whatever from earlier, we're not really, we are relaunching. We have new goals, ambitions, new, going to have a new focus for the pod and it will include a rework, like a rename. I'm hoping everything can stay in the same feed, like I mentioned. So if you've been listening through like an app or something, I don't think it will radically upend any of that, but you know, we'll see. We've got some time to plan that out. Certainly Amanda has signed on. I think Ryan will be enticed. We'll get him in on some of the plans too, but Amanda and I will be driving the pod into the future. We will be applying a lot of our learned skills to books that we believe are actually very amazing and good. <laughs> That's the one of the main yep. goals of the new one is to pick things that are more accessible uh, in terms of just you know buying a book at a store kind of a way and to things that we believe we can curate that are in that are automatically good and we'll kind of poke at them from there and so I don't you know we'll see what the pod brings we've got a lot of ideas I don't foresee us picking a lot of duds I think intentionally we're going to move to basically make it focus on things we believe we will love that we have researched we've read about We've listened to people talk about, we've read, you know, we're trying to curate a bit more. Um, This was such a, I really like a schedule and a prescription like this. So I thought this was really fun, but certainly we met some duds along the way and in the redesign and the rework, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll just have different goals and ambitions for it. The other quick announcement would be we do, I did want to do a collection of best of highlights for this final set of 20. We have done those for 1 through 20, 21 through 40, 41 through 60, and now 61 through 80. Amanda and I are going to be recording that, well, tomorrow. It'll show up in your feed soonish, and so we're going to do another highlights episode. This time we're going to theme it around high school awards or superlatives, so things like prom king or prom queen, that kind of stuff, uh, class clown, that kind of a thing. And so we will do that episode soon and post it. And I think I think everything has been said. I guess the next time you'll hear this, it'll be with a different, I don't know, a different tinge and a different theming and a different focus. But certainly we will bring the same energy and the same thoughtfulness, we hope, 
It's been such a pleasure doing this for everybody listening out there. If you stuck with us, we thank, appreciate, and really love you. And we hope you stick around for the next chapter. And until next time, folks, I can guarantee you this. I will not see you between the Tolstoy, because fuck that guy. But we will see you between the classics, and we'll check in soon. Take care.